My mouth twitched in annoyance as the girl sitting on the mattress in front of me continued to studiously ignore my existence. All of her concentration was zeroed in on a pink rubber ball she was bouncing in a meticulous rhythm on a wooden floor. Natalie, I repeated a little louder this time. Her eyes narrowed a little, but other than that, she didn't acknowledge that I had spoken at all. I don't intend to treat you like a child, but if you're going to act like this, I can have that taken away. She caught the ball with the twist of her bony wrist after another loud thump and lifted her head to scowl at me. The effect of her glare was magnified by the impressive dark circles that framed her green eyes like bruises. Maybe if you let me watch TV, I wouldn't be stuck with this fucking ball, she muttered, looking mutinous. I've already read all my books. That's what happens when you throw your food instead of eating it. Quite frankly, it should be you out there scraping the pudding off the ceiling and not Miss Jones. It isn't my fault it sticks so well, she retorted, biting back a smile. Putting my ass, you could probably use that stuff to fix that hole in the wall by the desk. Wasn't that you're doing as well, I sighed, adjusting my notepad on my knee. Her jaw dropped in disbelief. No, she snapped. That was Millie, remember? She put her foot through it. Ah, oh, yes, I remember now, I'm sorry. What do you want? Okay, you're not doing yourself or anyone else any good by being so unpleasant, you know. And I was hoping to touch base with you again. I would say that it's time for our next session, but seeing as we've never actually had a real session... I'll, I'll stop it. We've had tons of sessions. Well, we've met several times, of course, but not once during any of our meetings have we actually ever discussed your problems. And the longer you stay clammed up, the longer it takes for me to help... <sighs> She snorted and I raised the eyebrow. And the longer it takes for me to help you, the longer you will stay. I don't care how long I stay, she snarled. It's not like there's anything waiting for me out there anyway. You have family. Have you actually ever seen my family? She said loudly. They stopped visiting me months ago. I bet they want me to ride in here just as much as you do. I opened my mouth to reply. Thought better of it and closed my eyes and then took a deep breath before I spoke again. <sighs> Fine, I'll make you a deal, I sighed. If by the end of our session, I decide that you have made any progress with me, I will give you back your television privileges. She regarded me distrustfully. Are you bribing me? She asked slowly. Call it what you like. We sat there in a silent standoff for a few moments. Then she grimaced and looked up at the ceiling in exasperation. Fine, she muttered. Ask away. I contained my sigh of relief and gave her what I hoped was a pleasant smile. Good. I'd like to start by talking about your insomnia. When you were admitted, the nurses told me that you were having trouble sleeping. Maybe you could tell me when that all started. When I was 14... I remember because it was right after my dad got married and we moved into the new house. And you're 18, correct? 19 now, she corrected me. My birthday was last week. Gracious, why didn't you tell anyone? We could have uh, given me an extra pudding, gee thanks. Suit yourself, well, why don't you start from there? Was it the house that kept you awake at night? New surroundings could be hard to adjust to. She shrugged, and for the first time ever... Starting to look a little uncomfortable. Not really, I mean... My stepbrother was always up late playing Xbox and shouting into his headset. But I could never really hear it from my room. 
I was actually sleeping just fine. It was just the dreams. Go on. She bit her lip, looking frustrated. They were only nightmares, but they scared the shit out of me. And they were always the same. I would wake up in my bed and there would be this thing crouched over me. And I could never ever seem to move at all. So I, um, she murmured, blinking a little faster than usual. Would just sit there while it hurt me. I stopped writing mid-sentence. Hurt you, I repeated. And she stared solemnly down at the floor. It was always different. Sometimes it would have big claws and teeth. And it would rip me to pieces over and over again for what felt like forever, she said stiffly. Other times it was really long and had this horrible toothless mouth, like a snake. And it would just start swallowing me whole from feet up, very, very slowly. I could feel how wet his throat was, and I couldn't even scream. That sounds awful, I said softly, staring at her in shock. Did you ever tell your parents about these dreams? Her eyes flashed angrily. No, I tried to, but it wasn't like they were ever home. They were both workaholics. Dad was a VP of this big company. He always had business trips overseas, and my stepmom was a hotshot lawyer with lots of clients. They didn't have time for me, and my mom wanted nothing to do with me, but that wasn't anything new, she added, rolling her eyes. Were you and your stepbrother close? Did you ever tell him what was happening? Ryan? No. He was just a reclusive gamer boy with gross friends. They were all assholes. Some of them even perved on me when they came over. Even though they were nearly in their 20s, her upper lip curled in contempt. Anyway, the only times I ever interacted with him were when I needed a ride somewhere or if we both happened to be in the kitchen getting food at the same time. He was too awkward to hold a conversation with and the house was big enough that we usually didn't have to see one another if we didn't have to. We both just left each other alone. I tried to suck it up and get over the dreams, but they wouldn't stop. They'd go away just long enough for me to think it was over, but then they'd come back worse than ever. So, a few weeks before my 15th birthday, I decided to stop sleeping. I mean, I didn't stop completely. That would have been impossible. I would always drift off the little in class or while I was on a bus. One time I woke up at 8pm inside of one of the school buses. The driver must not have seen me when she got to the station, so she just left me there. I had to crawl out of the window and call Ryan to come pick me up. I guess that's one of the times I was thankful it was him and not dad who was home. Ryan never asked a whole lot of questions. Did your parents ever do anything about your condition? I asked incredulously and she shrugged. When I was 16 they started taking me to doctors. I was losing weight and sleep deprivation doesn't do your body any favors. I looked like shit. They prescribed me sleeping pills and other stuff, but since my parents weren't ever around, I never actually took them. She sighed. I had to give them some credit, though. They did notice I was drinking a metric fuck ton of their coffee, so they switched it all to decaf and hit the real stuff somewhere else. I had to keep my own little stash of caffeine pills in my backpack for those days when I was too tired to function. But it was working. Even when I passed out every so often, the dreams weren't bothering me anymore. And it wasn't always bad, she added. And as I watched her speak, her eyes seemed to glaze over wistfully. When you've been awake for that long, there's this little window of time where 
you're invincible. Everything seems new and exciting, and you feel like you can just dropkick the whole world right out of the orbit if you wanted to. I'm sure I looked like a fucking crazy person the whole time, but I felt great. She rubbed her eyes a little. I don't know how I did it, but I managed to keep it up until I turned 18 without wandering into traffic or something. At that point, though, I think I had successfully convinced my parents that they were being negligent assholes. Dad finally started taking time off work to spend time with me. And we'd sometimes go out to eat on weekends and do all that other stuff that fathers are actually supposed to do with their daughters. He always looked really worried when he looked at me, though. She admitted sadly. That summer, he got everyone together for a family vacation. My stepmom even flew Ryan out from college so he could be with us. And instead of going somewhere fancy, Dad decided to take us camping. I think he thought it would bring us all closer together. She gave a little smile. He even rented a camper for him and my stepmom and bought me and Ryan tents. The whole nine yards. The road trip to the lake was a little awkward, but once we got there, it was pretty great. At least until the last day, she continued slowly. What happened on the last day? I asked gently, and she shut her eyes tightly for a moment before answering. It was my fault, she whispered. I forgot to bring my caffeine pills. I thought that maybe if we went away like that, it might not happen. Another dream? No, not not just another dream. It was the worst one I ever had, she said jerkily. Her eyes were wide, and dread was draining the color from her face. It was that, that thing again. And this time it had five heads and ten arms. And the, and the heads were eating me. Like they, they always did, but the hands a low whimper escaped her lips and she buried her face in her hands when she spoke again there was a soft tremor in her voice I can't talk about it that's okay I said hurriedly you don't have to okay she breathed okay um after I woke up the next morning I didn't really want to talk to anyone while we packed everything up I was just so done with all of it I had been fighting that shit for four years, and I just realized that it was never going to go away. No matter what I did, the thing was always going to be there, waiting until I fell asleep. And a few miles down the road, we stopped at a gas station to fill up the camper, she said softly. Everyone went inside to get donuts and coffee, but I waited in the car. I couldn't stop thinking about what it would be like living with that thing two steps behind me for the rest of my life. So, she looked at me and bit her lip. I took the gas pump out of the camper and put it in my mouth. I thinned my lips and nodded, and she exhaled heavily, as if she had been holding her breath. Obviously, it didn't work, she continued dryly. It was a stupid idea. I puked most of it up right after I swallowed it, and my parents saw what I had done and called an ambulance. And ta-da! She finished weakly, holding up her arms in mock triumph. Here I am, notwithstanding my lack of esophageal lining. I watched her for a few moments, then rose slowly to my feet. Thank you for sharing your story, Natalie, I said slowly. We can stop for today. I'll meet you soon so we can decide how to proceed from here. So, uh, she said, her voice punctured with nervous laughter. Are we good on a TV thing, or... Yes, Natalie, I'd be more than happy to restore your TV privileges. 
I'll tell the nurses and you can go to the recreation room right away for movie night. If you hurry, you can still make it. I'll stay here for a little bit, actually, she admitted. I'll be out in a minute. Take your time. That can't have been easy for you. You should be proud of yourself. I'm fine, she snapped, rubbing her eyes with one hand and frantically waving me away with another. Just go away. I gave her a small nod and made my way out of the room. On my way to the office, I paused as I reached the front desk and looked over at the attendant. Anna, I said, and she looked up at me. Natalie just told me her parents haven't visited in months. Do you know anything about it? Her face grew a little pale. You haven't heard? She whispered, glancing towards Natalie's room. It was all over the papers a couple months ago. What on earth are you talking about? Well... I thought something about the headline seemed familiar, and then I remembered seeing a name in Natalie's file when she was admitted. It was her stepbrother, Ryan, right? More than a few underage girls came forward with rape allegations, and they found chloroform and rohypno in his dormitory. It's no wonder they haven't had time to visit.